0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I have to tell you, extraordinary day. We'll get to it in a minute. And I have a great window, what you need to do at the end of the program. So uh, please uh, tune in for that. But great to be with you. Ed Martin here on Ed Martin's Pro-America Report, Pro-America Report. And uh, we have some great guests today. Our own Woody Woodrum from uh, right there in San Diego, the founder of the California Screaming Eagles, he was one of the early Trump supporters, I have to say. I need to um, acknowledge his great love for the country. Woody Woodrum is a super guy. He did so much for President Trump. I'm sure it's not an easy time for him, but we'll talk to him about what's going on. And there's a lot of work to do in California, so Woody Woodrum. And then we'll talk, I'm very pleased and interested to talk with Al Regnery. Al Regnery is, comes from the Regnery uh, family. His, I think it was his father was the great original founder of Regnery Publishing. And then Al himself Uh, was there, but also... Has been a great supporter uh, in his life of publishing and conservatism, and he's the one. We've had him on the program a couple times. Republic Publishing Company is extraordinary. A bunch of uh, great speakers, um, excuse me, great writers, <clears throat> and we've had a bunch of them on the show. He's publishing a lot of great um, new uh, books and sort of discovering a new set of folks uh, that are conservative, and it's really cool. And I want to hear from him about the publishing business and how he's been able to do it. So we'll talk with Al Regnery uh, in a a few moments also. All right. What you need to know today, what you need to know today's Daily Wink, I did a periscope on this earlier, and it has to do with this. It has to do with what's called the fog of war, and it has to do with the dishonesty of the fake news media. Okay? So let's first talk about the fog of war. What has become clear is that in any major event that takes place in the modern era, because uh, media is so ubiquitous so present in so many ways you got people on twitter reporting instantly people on facebook you've got all kinds of speed to the event but what you have is what the term that's used is is uh used in other contexts the fog of war and what it means is that when something happens initially you can't quite figure out what it all means yet and so the fog of war you know let's say there's a let's say and i'm not a military man i should ask uh, people that i trust on this my brother the marine and uh General Flynn and others, but the way I would characterize it is if, if, you, if you're in a battle and there's initially a um, uh, you know a bombing, let's say, and there's chaos, well, for a period of time, there almost is literally a fog of war. You've got to figure out what's going on. My argument, though, is in the modern era... The, the 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 speed and frequency of media uh, social media big tech you know technology in general as well as um, fake news media mainstream media it happens so fast you have a fog of war problem and you just don 't really know what anything means for a while and you have to figure out who 's lying who 's being misled who 's being disinformationed as well as what 's actually happening and that 's harder to do because there are no canonical people you can trust you can't trust the american intelligence community they they've shown themselves to be dishonorable and and, and at least inaccurate not, not, let me say it better too many of them have been dishonorable looking at clapper looking at brennan in the past and they're just they're just not reputable they're not you know you can't give them you can't give them credibility you can't trust the f- fake news media, the New York Times, Washington Post. They just are, dis- again, dishonorable as well as disreputable. I often tell my staff in, my, in the work of the Phyllis Lively Eagles, you have a, we have a goal to be credible and valuable. Each of those is hard to do, by the way. Be credible and valuable. So you, you get something that's occurring, okay? And you're like, okay, who do I trust? How do I figure this out? Who's lying to me? Who's giving me fake news? Who's mis disinformation? Who's got an angle? Who's selling something? Who's taking advantage? Think of any major thing, and now let me give you the best example in recent memory: the capital, the, the you know the the break into the capital, the violence at the capital, the fog of war has. Almost just lifted now. It's not completely gone. Because what you saw was snippets of videos and characterizations. And now we discover that a CNN journalist was inside the Capitol, but not as an observer, as a participant. She was with a far left Black Lives Matter affiliated type, a guy who's an a anti-Trumper who was part of organizing the effort, it looks like, and has been charged with a crime to go inside. And so you say to yourself, holy cow, how is that not known? Remember Matt Gates said almost immediately, Congressman of Florida said, we think there was some Antifa and some other people. Here's what I got to tell you. The intelligence folks at the at the Congress, Pelosi and them they knew more than we do they always do because there's actually stuff especially the top people in the House and Senator briefed on and so they knew more than we did maybe Matt Gates didn't but he was maybe he knew enough to say something but so but the fog of war now it, you have to wait and that because of the, the the speed and the and the common uh, social media and media, you really have to be disciplined to wait and sort through the nonsense plus. You now have such dishonest fake news media and big tech. I mean, big tech silenced Donald Trump and anyone else who asked about the election uh, integrity and problems with it because they said it led to violence. It didn't lead to violence. Now we see that in otherwise. Uh, well, we see people going to what was an announced protest event. To cause trouble. That's what this guy this Sullivan. I think his last name was did. That's what this CNN journalist was doing So the fog of war almost can't clear Because of the fake news media making it worse or if it does clear it clears in such a way that you're you're being lied to So think about what happened in the last 10 days. It's been 10 days. It's not even it's nine days since January 6th 10 days Let's say it's 10 days you you have the president's silence because they say he caused it. That's not true. And, and you have people being uh, canceled, like the professor at Chapman University that I talked about, John Eastman. The guy's an amazing, amazing man, an amazing, talented uh, person, just extraordinary. And he's getting canceled by the by the uh, people who are saying X and Y and Z in the fog of war. And And my point here is what we now know, what we can tell is that bad people did some bad things led us into the position we were in in terms of understanding. Again, we I can say it over and over 50 times, 100 times, you know, nobody should condone violence, etc., etc., etc. That's not the point here. The point here is we were uh, put in a position as a nation where we couldn't get through the fog of war before people were being sacrificed to the judgment within that. And I guess what I want to warn you is, Aren't we going to see this more now? Isn't this kind of an MO? I've told you my one of the phrases that I use is the uh, the, the business model of tech as well as the media is agitate and they'll return. If you agitate, they'll return, and you'll make money. I got to make it a little cleaner, but that's what they seem to do. Agitate Americans, they'll return. Agitate, return. Agitate, return. Agitate, return. It's a terrible. Forget about the OODA loop. It's a it's a it's a disaster for the country. But now. In the case of something that could be, was, I don't know, could it have been, it certainly wasn't a coup, it was a protest gone bad, okay, it wasn't an insurrection, but can we trust how to get through the fog of war? Can you imagine what it would be like, what it will be like if there's a national emergency? I think you're going to see, and I saw my friend Julie Kelly, who's a frequent guest on the program, she was tweeting about this, you know, more and more indication that you're going to see Democrat governors, Democrat mayors saying it's time to open up, it's time to open up just after the election and the installing of a new uh, president of their party where they can say, hey, we're going to go that direction. And you start to say, what was the truth of this? What was the truth of what you were saying and what we were supposed to rely on? How do we get that truth you know, that's, that's, that's what people are feeling. They're feeling betrayed by what happened because they have no ability to get through the fog of war and they don't have to, uh, any way to trust uh, what they're being told. It's a terrible problem. It's a terrible problem. And, and again, we have to uh, work our way through it. We have to continue to rely on sources we can. We shouldn't give up hope. There are people that are reliable, but you should be patient with yourself and your understanding and the people around you. Because they're going to rush to spaces and places. And, and another example: we got twenty thousand heavily armed National Guard in the nation's capital. They make it look like a war zone, literally. And I think I think I mentioned earlier uh, uh, Jack Posobiec's point, which was that uh, one of the DC uh, cops said they never came armed like this. They were just here, you know, presence. So why is that happening? Who's in charge of that? That's not the president, by the way. That's the Congress. That's Nancy Pelosi with the D.C. folks. And then they're put in a position where they're using the crisis as a way to drive the, the message they want to. So this is a big problem. I just want to acknowledge it, and especially I want to point out, bad, bad guys. So far, too, it looks like many more were at the heart. They weren't Trump people. Again, some Trump people seem to get out of control and then do things they probably shouldn't have. That they, no, they definitely shouldn't have. But it looks like some of the worst actors were... Either some Black Lives Matter types and a CNN reporter or a videographer and others. It's a a rotten thing. So beware of the fog of war. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Al Regnery and we'll also uh, spend some time. We'll catch up with uh, our old friend Woody Woodrum. So hang in there and be right back. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro America Report. Talk to you in a moment. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Thank you for being here. And I, you know, <laughs> for months now, it has been, as you know, my listeners know, Al, that I'm a great reader and I love books. And Republic Book Publishers has a pretty darn good team. They keep publishing good books, and then they keep sending me copies. And I have these unbelievable authors on the air, and they're, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to try to get John Crib back on. The, I had him on once. The book Old Abe, which is a novel about Abe Lincoln and especially his inauguration, uh, which is coming up the inauguration next week it's a it's a great one but anyway for al regnery is a well in conservative circles he's a well-known conservative for lots of reasons he's uh he's been in in the trenches working with folks he worked in the reagan uh ju- justice department he's um, he's been uh, throughout the um Movement, as we say. Also, he's for many years, almost a decade, I think. He was the publisher of the American Spectator, which is a uh, a great uh, was a great resource and is a great resource. And lots of great writing. And uh, he has recently, in the last couple of years, started the uh, what I've referred to you before, a new effort called Republic Book Publishers. So, first of all, welcome, Al. Thanks for taking the time to visit with us. Well, thanks very much. Very glad to be with you. Well, Al, people will know your name, Regnery. Of course, my show is on the Salem Radio Network, and uh, Regnery is a publishing house that's uh, existed for many, many years. Your father founded it, and and uh, right. but what? Why? Why was Republic Book Publishers? Why? How does it fit in to the environment? I know that you uh are obviously people will know you well, but the guy that got joined you, Eric Campman, very well known inside the business. He was at Simon and Schuster. He's a big, you know, kind of a big deal too. What? What is Republic Book Publisher? What's the vision, and why did you find it uh kind of of, uh, necessary at your young age to start a new uh, publishing house? <laughs> Good question. Well, um, I was president and publisher
0: of Regnery Publishing for nearly 20 years, and of course I grew up with it um, in my yeah. father's household, um, so publishing is sort of in my blood, and when Regnery was sold um, to Salem, um, I retired. Well, I didn't really retire. My wife tells me, for for me, retirement is dead. <laughs> Uh, so, I needed something else to do. I knew how to publish books. I was interested in it um, as you said i 've been in the conservative movement all my life, done a lot of different things and um, eric campman who's my's been a friend of mine actually uh, distributed our books at Regnery for quite a long time was um, had a book distribution company and a couple of small publishing companies and he 's about my age, so we decided to um, get together and start this new company. And I guess the vision really is that we want to do right of center books. Um, there's a lack of place for those. Um, the big publishers, mm-hmm. unless you are a celebrity, will not publish your book, um, and it's getting worse. And so we thought there was a, a niche, a place for another book publisher. Um, we've been at it for a little over a year. We opened it, we actually launched it in October of 2019. We've got 20 books on our list already. So we're um, progressing along well. And um, as you mentioned, a couple of them, are, several of them are actually doing very well, getting a lot of publicity. And so we look forward to um, a pretty fruitful time publishing books.
1: Well, and uh, we're talking with Al Regnery And again, the book, uh, the company is called Republic Book Publishers You can go to republicbookpublishers.com You'll see a lot of the authors and You hear them on my uh, program Al, um, I'll come back to the publishing Because I want to talk more about it But I want to step towards the movement You know, conservative movement This kind mm-hmm. of extraordinary four-year period With Donald Trump, you know, delivering on a lot of stuff People, you know, have been waiting a long time for it. It's been exciting But now, you know, a lot of us are sort of on our heels We're going to have a... a Democrat uh, House and Senate uh, and, and a Democrat in the White House. You've been around Al. You've seen this kind of encourage us to what <laughs> how the, the, the tide will come and go, maybe, or uh, give us a sense of where we are. Sure. I remember when Lyndon Johnson was
0: president. Um, the first president I actually voted for was Barry Goldwater in 1964. And of course, he got creamed. And then Lyndon Johnson um, filled out that term. And it was pretty grim. And in 68, Nixon won overwhelmingly, and uh, Nixon wasn't exactly a conservative, but he was a lot more conservative than Johnson was. And, of course, the conservative movement then was nothing like it is now. But, yeah, these things come and go. Um, you know, an election isn't the end of the world, either either way, positive or negative. Um, there are lots of other things that happen. And actually, the reason that I like to publish books is that it's not so much about politics. It's about the culture. And right. um politics follows the culture. There's no question about that. It always has. And books um, are among the things that basically dictate what the culture is going to be. You know, you go back in the conservative movement, books that um, Godman and Yale, um, The Conservative Mm, Mind by Russell Kirk, uh, Witness by Whitaker Chambers. There are many more that were published, and those really are the genesis of what modern conservatism is. And, so those books, I mean, there may not be another conservative mind being written right now, but there are a lot of other very thoughtful books. And, you know, my father used to say, he was in the policy and business for all of his life, it doesn't matter how many people read the book, and who, it's, it. it's who reads it. And he would say, you know, when Karl mm. Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto, not very many people read it, but it sure changed mm. the world. And um, right. so, you know, I think that if we stick to our knitting, if we um, if we stick to ideas, if we keep doing what we've been doing, um, and obviously, I mean, politically, things are not that grim. You've got you've got two very narrow margins in Congress. Uh, we've we mm-hmm. pretty much not, not totally control, but we have a lot of support in the state legislatures and the governors' offices. Um, you know, after all, the, the Trump got almost as many votes as biden did so it's these things come and go and um i would say if we stick to it we have a very good chance of taking back the house in uh 2022 i mean in fact i would say it's not guaranteed obviously but a very very strong chance we may take back the senate um and we just got to keep fighting you've got to keep um keep your Thought your wits about you, and and uh, make life as difficult for them as they do for us, and you know <laughs> things will come together again.
1: We're talking with Al Regnery, and uh, Al is uh, now the uh, publisher, the founder of, uh, of uh, Relatives, a couple of years, Republic Book Publishers, and a lot of great books there. Again, republicbookpublishers.com. And uh, now you mentioned that's a great, it's a great, really important thing you said. It's not the number of people that buy a book. It's an, who reads it. Um, and yet, you know, one of the things we're hearing more and more, I can't remember today who brought it up. Um, someone I respected said, you know, we have a problem of civic education. Education, You know, we haven't educated. And you mentioned your dad. Your dad, like mm-hmm. the late Phyllis Schlafly, who I worked for, they came of age where the the, the the threat was the Soviet communists. And they sort of saw it and they addressed it and they kind of built out the movement. Now we do see, I think Trump helped with this, the, the, the Chinese communists are the threat, but we maybe don't have the same base of uh, young people on education, you know, 40 and under. I, I can How do we do that? I mean, civic education is really... Uh, you, you only Almost can't explain some stuff because people don't have the building blocks. Well, that, that's exactly right. As a matter of fact, um, I teach civics to high
0: school seniors, so, and you're talking the oh. language, and it's extremely important. I mean, teach them the, of the Constitution and American ideals, and you know how we got here and what we believe, what the what the uh, foundation, the philosophical foundation of America is. As yeah, you're right, it's extremely important. Um, and there's a fairly strong movement now to teach civics again. I mean, it's. Um, there are a lot of schools are teaching it. There are some wonderful programs. Hillsdale College has got a great set of um, of uh, a lot of videos that you can you can watch. Um, and you know there there are a lot of other things that um, you can get to to learn it. But you're exactly right. I mean, uh, high school kids need to know need to know what America is all about to be able to um, defend it.
1: Yeah. We're t- again, so we're talking about Al Regnery, uh, com is where you can find out more about all the different books. All right. Can you preview any that are coming? You got anything in the pipeline that are going to be uh, interesting? Yeah, I mean, exactly. one of the things... Um, ab- we've
0: got some, yeah. some really good ones. Um, we've got a book. Um, let's see. There's... Uh, Coming along fairly soon on the, um, called the 19th Hijacker, about the guy that flew the airplane, mm. United Flight 93. Yeah, yeah, the yep. Um That'll be out yep. fairly soon. Um, we have one coming on uh, science, called Bogus Science, by George Malone, who was a former Wall Street Journal. Um, he's actually he died not long ago, but a wonderful writer um, on climate change and science and how, poli- how politicians use science. Um, to the detriment of science and for their advantage. I mean, it's a very good story. Then there's another one um, we're doing called the leech. The leech being bloodsuckers who are all these people hmm. who work in government and corporations and so on. They really don't produce anything, um, but <laughs> suck up our money. Um, that's written yeah. by the CEO of a of a. Major oil and gas company who's been in the business for his lifetime and knows what regulation is all about and what leeches do. So we're looking forward to that one. Um, we have, let's see, there's um, oh yeah, yeah, now another one called the Myth of Overpunishment, um, which is on, hmm. on uh, criminal justice and criminal on, justice. Um, oh, good. Yeah, and just on the fact that that people want to let everybody out of prison (laughs) that says you're asking for a lot of trouble if you do that. Um, (laughs) So, you know, there are several others. quite a lot, yeah. I was looking for for other books. Um, We we turned down a lot, but we accept a good many as well. Um, So we just actually have a book that is just now, we just actually wrote the contract last week, which we're going to bring out quickly called Winning the Second Civil War. About this civil hmm. war that we're sort of engaged in, and what we, what the conservative movement needs to do to win it. Um, so that'll be a good one, I think. So
1: um, you know, so I'm, I, I'm going to tell you. I was, I, I was going to tell you, Al, the one I've, I've been waiting. James Reston wrote the book, "The 19th Hijacker," and I have a copy. Yeah, I, right. Your guys sent me well, one, I and I read it. I was like, it. I want that guy. Yeah. And they said, and they said he can't. He's going to come on and get, wait till after the New Year, so I'll get him on. That's a good one. Well, listen, Al, thank you for uh, your perspective. Thanks for this. I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, in books. My listeners know, but I also agree with you. That's it's so important who reads them. And right now, in the movement, especially after this term of the present, you know, people are going to be searching for uh, what to how to understand things. So I think it's a good time. So thanks for the time, Al. I appreciate well, it very you. much. Thank you very much, Ed, and, and look forward to talking
0: to you again.
1: All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll come back. I'll put all this up on social media so you can see what they're doing over at Republic Book Publishers. And we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report back in a moment. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's time to check in with our old friend, Woody Woodrum, the fa- founder of the California Screaming Eagles, retired Navy man, and one of the early, early, early and influential supporters of President Trump, candidate Trump, back four years ago. Uh, for the those of you that haven't heard Woody in a while, uh, he was organizing all the California volunteers for Trump, which, you know, you say, well, Trump didn't get that close in California. Well, he didn't really compete because he knew he couldn't win. But all those volunteers, thousands, tens of thousands, a 100,000 at one point, they were making phone calls into other parts of the country and helping win in 2016 so i'm sure woody's having mixed feelings today as hard as everybody fought but uh more importantly we have to always look ahead and then look towards the future and there's a lot to talk about so first of all welcome woody woodrum to the program how are you i'm doing fine my friend thank you very much for having me on so uh let's talk first about uh, uh uh bright spots California especially southern california you um you know you were out there uh hustling working hard for uh candidates w- tell me some of the successes that, that especially at the house level that you you saw and uh and what you you know how that what, how that fe- how that feels and what's going on
2: well we were we were pretty successful at the house level we uh we took back some of the ones that uh uh, had been flipped the last time, and we took those back from the Democrats, which was really good, especially here in Southern California. And up the, uh just up the road a little ways, we took over. Uh, Mike Garcia took over a, a seat uh, in a special election that had been held by the Democrats for over a decade, and then he won that seat again in the in the runoff. So that was really good. Uh, a lot of grassroots support uh, supported these candidates and everything. One of the ones that was really interesting was uh, the 50th congressional district. Uh, Darrell Issa. He'd ran against a very, very well-funded... Individual in uh, one of the highest races uh, that I've seen, the highest price races that I've seen in, uh, in years in California. But he did win that seat. So that, that was good. It's a very conservative district. And even with that being a conservative district, there was a, a, a radical left wingist uh, that came in there that, that gave Gerald quite a run for his money. And it was because of all the uh, money that was put into it and a lot of the false advertisement that was set out. But we held that seat. So that was mm-hmm. a bright spot.
1: Um, now, again, we'll get to the presidency because I know you in some ways you're, uh, you know, you, you got to celebrate the successes even as the transition goes on. But um, Governor Newsom, I know the California Screaming Eagles started out as Woody's idea four or five years ago. And now all over the state of California, you got these pockets. I just was looking up your website. I was looking for something with you uh, and I saw you were up at the Santa Barbara Conservatives Club speaking there. And you got you got these uh, these pockets of, of conservatives all across the state of California what's your sense on Newsom what's your sense on the overreach of government you know is this uh, you know, what's the state of play there
2: Well, it's kind of interesting. Yes, there is a recall going on for Newsom and they get an extension on that and there's actually some money that's come into it. They need Uh, 1.5 million signatures that are valid signatures, which means they probably need closer to 2 million. Uh, the last I heard about uh, a week ago, I think they had like 1.2 validated signatures. So they're doing really well in that. Uh, Mm -hmm. there's kind of a, there's kind of a mixed, mixed blessing on that. Uh, Newsom probably will get recalled even though it keeps us in lockdown and it makes getting the signatures harder. But uh, I think there will be a recall. But then the other side of that is, uh, I worked on the Gray Davis recall. We had, uh, you know, we had uh, literally a hundred candidates that ran for governor, so it split up a lot of the vote and everything. Now, one of the things in that we did have Schwarzenegger, which had a huge amount of name recognition, uh, but that, that kind of turned, you know, that kind of turned south with uh, with his belief systems and some of the things that he did. But uh, but it did it did make a a little bit of difference in the state. Uh, I'm not. Real sure, there's a there's a whole bevy of people that are looking at running. I've already heard of about six or seven of them. Uh, none of them are that really what I would call of a conservative nature, and that's one of the things I've been talking to some of the grassroots group. Uh, as you're as you're aware, Ed, I'm I'm associated with about 150 of these different uh, organizations up and down the state, and they're a little bit concerned about who are we going to have as the next governor. But one of the things that I right. see that's really interesting is that there is a huge exodus in California, and we know that our taxes are gonna go up with this new administration uh, coming into the White House. Uh, We know that we're gonna be looking at probably a 32 to 40% uh, upper tax bracket, which is gonna be killing people. And we've got businesses that are exiting California at an alarming rate. Uh, and they're, they're it, it's, it's going to, it's a financial businesses out of, uh, you know, the financial and music I- industry, uh, out of, uh, uh San Francisco, out of uh, Los Angeles. They're moving to Texas and, uh, in Miami, the music industry is moving to Nashville. And I'm seeing the same thing coming out of New York, a huge exodus coming out of New York. So the two largest states that have the, the largest deficit and the most draconian governors that are out there, uh, they're they're really doing a lot of stuff to drive people away. And California is even looking at something that they're they're looking at putting an exodus tax on people. So as you leave the state, they're looking at taxing you for leaving the oh. state, and then and then <laughs> really? continue taxing you for ten years after you leave. I mean, how crazy can you get? It sounds like communism to me. But that, these are some of the crazy things that are going on in California. So be careful in the other states.
1: Wow, I hadn't heard that one Somebody needs to write that up The exodus uh, tax I, I i can't believe it I do think one of the great um, things And we'll segue to this for a minute, Woody Is, you know, there's lots of reasons I think you and I believed uh, President Trump would be a great president and he was uh, One of them was He was hard on people that were wasteful And so California, Illinois, New York That had done these messy things They weren't getting bailed out by Trump He was saying, you, you made your bed lying in it Now we have uh, word that uh, You know, the, the Biden-Harris administration they're going to bail out California. They're going to they're going to take your tax dollars from Southern California and and pay off all the crazy stuff they've done. And it, it is worrying. But Woody, with a little, um, it's a little close, I know, but with your um, a little close in time still. But give me your kind of thumbnail on uh, the Trump presidency and how important you think it's been.
2: You know, Ed in my lifetime it has been one of the—he's been one of the greatest presidents ever. I put him right up there with Eisenhower, who did—you uh, know—who built our freeway system, and I put him up there with uh, a lot of the—you uh, know—the other great presidents that have been out here that have built this country. He has done more for the country, more for the job industries, more for the minority groups. Uh, the lowest unemployment rate uh, that there's ever been. He lowered taxes uh, for the masses, and he created the strongest military uh, that I've seen since. Uh, since the reagan era uh so you know the, the things he's done have just been uh, absolutely wonderful for this nation now some of the tweets you know people are upset about those but you know listen it, it, you know everybody has an opinion they're like it you know they're like belly buttons everybody has one and they're all a little bit different uh you know so you take you take some of the you know some of that with a grain of salt uh, overall i think he will go down in history as one of the, one of the top presidents of the united states
1: Uh, We're talking with Woody Woodrum again. Woody, tell our folks, tell our listeners, we've got about a minute left. uh, Where should people go to find out more to get tied in either to what you're doing specifically or if you have other places you want to send them uh, in terms of uh, uh, that want to work in California to help conservatism rise?
2: Well, one of the groups that I'm involved with, I'm a co-founder of a group called Tea Party California Caucus. Uh, It's TPCC. Uh, dot com. They can go there and they can get hooked into the, our, our statewide network, or they can get in touch with me. Uh, I'll I'll give you my, my personal uh, uh, email. is probably the best way. is Woody for fifty three at w o o d y f o r five three at yahoo or you can always go to californiascreenineagles.com. dot com. Those are the three best ways to get in touch with me.
1: All right, Woody Woodrum, uh, founder of the California Screaming Eagles and a uh, longtime uh, uh, worker for the good guys and also one of, like I said, President Trump's. Every time I did something in Washington that I thought was pretty cool, I'd turn around and Woody would be there because he's on the list of the people that get invited because he was so early to help the president. He got invited to Christmas parties, got invited to uh, bar mitzvahs, got invited to everything. He's Woody Woodrum. Thanks, Woody, for being with us. Uh, we got to run. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the
2: Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, and we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney, and our ticketed voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
1: The COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted a gaping hole in America's ability to protect the health and welfare of her citizens. For the safety of us all, our federal government should take immediate action to stop the introduction of deadly diseases through our southern border. If bureaucrats can spend so much time, effort, and money shutting down businesses, churches, and schools, why can't they shut down the flow of illegal immigrants? Illegals bypass not only vetting for criminal intent, but for dangerously infectious conditions as well. Liberals claim the link between aliens and diseases is rooted in hate, But emerging data from the COVID-19 response tells a different story. Island nations like New Zealand and Australia offer the best examples of what secure borders can look like. Due to their geographical isolation, they do not naturally lend themselves to illegal immigration. When COVID came calling, these island nations with secure borders were able to contain the virus much more easily than other nations. Their number of infected persons as compared to overall population was anywhere from 10 to 100 times smaller than the more open nations like the United States, Germany, and France. To be fair, COVID reporting data is widely different from nation to nation. However, the national security threat of open borders is too obvious to be ignored. Having better control over our borders could have given our nation the critical extra time we needed to prepare for the virus's spread. COVID is far from the only such threat to worry about, by the way. Diseases long thought extinct in America openly thrive in third world nations who are without our modern medical technology. Of course, I would never advocate that we leave poor people to die in these third world nations. America is the world leader in medical discovery. We'll continue to generously share life-saving technology with the same charitable spirit we always have. However, we can do nothing to make generational change in these poor nations if we have to fight outbreaks here in the United States as well. The best way to help Americans and foreigners alike is to have strong borders to keep out deadly diseases. This
2: has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For 50 years, Mrs. Schlafly promoted grassroots efforts to rally conservatives. Today, you can harness the power of social media by going to phyllisschlafly.com and sharing these commentaries with friends across the country. Get started at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Hey, so today, for today's a window, what you need to do, I am going to tell you about my friend Jeff Stein, who is at News Talk 1540 KXEL over in Iowa. Great guy. I've been on his show many times. He's a really good newsman, and he does a, he does a, um, he does a uh, show uh, that is called Iowa Politics with Jeff Stein, and of course, because Iowa is first in the nation, um, they have a special role, and uh, so he's great. He's a great, uh, he's a great uh, radio host, and I enjoy his program. And you can check it out. I'll put it up on social media, but he is uh, kxel.com, dot com. com is his uh, website. So um, <clears throat> he sends an email out. He sent an email out this morning. <clears throat> excuse me, and um, I thought it was wonderful and it was the crack of dawn when uh, when he sent it and I sent I sent, uh, I sent uh, him an email and I said hey I love this email I mean this um, message you sent can I talk about it and he said yeah use it whatever you want It's so it is a um, something he posts over at Iowa politics kind of blog uh, newsletter I guess and again it's kxel.com Jeff Stein and so here it is I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to ask you to do it. And so I'm setting this up. Remember, what you need to know is our opening segment, what you need to know. And I hope you uh, go over to ProAmericaReport.com, check that out. But now we're in the what you need to do, what you need to do. And so Jeff Stein's suggestion is that um, Tuesday is the last day of the presidency of this term of President Donald J. Trump. And a lot of us... Don't feel great about that, and uh, he acknowledges that in his uh, in his uh, essay here in his newsletter and uh, his uh, and he says, "Well, what are you going to do about it?" And he says, "Here's an idea: a tribute about the last four years, and he suggested that people go ahead and on Tuesday." Go ahead and wear the flag. Fly the flag. I guess wear the flag. Fly the flag. You know, if you have a, a flag, I don't, by the way, I don't like flag stuff that is too, uh, 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 you know, uh, silly. But, um, his point is the Make America Great Again movement. The point of it is that it is, America is great and it's been getting great. It's, it's wonderful. This president did a lot of things and there's nothing better. Then our American flag. I do a segment on my periscope every day. I do two periscopes every day over on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. And, um, the one in the afternoon, which is two o'clock Eastern time. I almost always do the Pledge of Allegiance because one of my uh, one of my friends now, a guy named uh, Glenn Fontaine, he said, you ought to do the Pledge of Allegiance. It's a great idea. <clears throat> you know, they've taken the Pledge of Allegiance out of so many kids' lives and so many, you know, when I was a boy, that's what we did every time, every single day, right? You did the Pledge of Allegiance. You opened um, school up with that every time. And so, um, so anyway, my friend Jeff Stein's idea is fly the flag. Fly the flag on Tuesday as a way to celebrate what President Trump did, what his successes were, and almost as importantly is to tie ourselves to the American experience, the American Union, the American uh, together as we go forward. Again, he highlights in his piece, uh, you know, Independence Day, Flag Day, and then he says it's true. Everybody's got flags, right? I wear a flag pin a lot of times. My grandfather uh, was the first. One I ever saw do that. It became more trendy after nine uh, eleven, but I, he did it when I was a boy. He was someone I admired. Whenever he wore a suit, which was every uh, a suit coat, every time he went to mass, he had one in, and other times too. Flag pins, sometimes people have a tie that has flag on it, a flag on it, sometimes you've got uh, you know clothing that has it on the sleeve. If you're a military man, you have some stuff that uh, even retired, you wear the flag. A lot of people have hats that uh, commemorate the flag Tuesday, fly the flag. so what you need to do is celebrate Amer- uh, uh, donald trump 's term. I think this is a great uh, way to do it I mean look I've, I've got so many concerns i've got so many things I'm worried about and we've talked about some of them here on the show, but there's a celebration that needs to happen, too. And sometimes, I think if we celebrate the truth and we celebrate the goodness and we pull ourselves towards that... Even our enemies are frozen by it. You know, we talked about this yesterday uh, on the program here. Bill Hennessy, my old friend from St. Louis, has written now two uh, um, blog posts about the question about how do you, what do you do in this time when you see terrible actions by people, mean stuff. And his thing is, you know, we're called to forgive. We're called to pray for our enemies and those that persecute us. And it's a great challenge. I mean, he you can ask uh, Bill Hennessy about how challenged he has been by his message. People get uh, pretty hot about it. Uh, But this is a great message from Jeff Stein. You should follow him on Twitter you should uh, you should go ahead in fact, let me make sure I get his uh, Twitter handle Is at Iowa politics at Iowa politics uh, follow Jeff Stein on Twitter get signed up for his emails and uh, when you get a chance you can listen to his program Iowa Politics because uh, first of all, we're gonna go back into a a cycle uh, 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 we're gonna be quickly talking about who's running for president and what that means so he's a great guy to follow so thank you uh, for that great idea and so that's what you need to do what you need to do today. Make an appointment for yourself Tuesday to wear the American flag, to make sure your flag, here's another test. Make sure the flag at your home or your business is well lit. It's a new flag. A lot of times flag gets ripped and all, get yourself a right new flag and uh, just celebrate our flag. And here's a little tip. Don't tell anybody. I learned this a few years ago. They've studied this. When you Post the American flag Put the American flag Not a message Just the American flag On a piece of literature When you show someone The American flag The spirit of patriotism The goodwill It, it actually As a political matter They're more conservative Just the, the flag just makes them More conservative Makes them more bought in Makes them more connected To the country And our founding And our roots And uh, in fact If you um, if you want to know A real secret At election time You'll see me every now And I just post The American flag Because the American flag has an impact people vote more conservatively when they see the American flag they respond more conservatively to messages and stuff so there you have it all right thank you jeff stein that's what you need to do today and here's another thing you need to do have a great weekend and let me say thank you uh, as always to our great fr- our great uh, producer and te- I call him the technical director but noah does a great job of doing everything for this program thank you noah for everything you do and the answer san diego thanks to joanna for helping book our guests and have a great weekend everybody we'll be back next week Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San
0: Diego.